Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. This man was really happy and pleased because he bought this donkey from, a, of, from his preacher. And if you heard this, bear with me. <laughs> so the preacher said, well, I can tell you that you can get the donkey to go by saying hallelujah, and you can get the donkey to stop by saying amen. So he, the guy's all excited, and so he starts off on his little donkey, and he's like, hallelujah. So the donkey starts going, and he's going, and he's going, and all of a sudden, the man realizes they're coming to a cliff. And he's like, oh, my God, what do I, I can't remember what to say. He's like, church, Bible, preacher, I don't know. So he starts praying and praying. He goes, thank you, God, amen. And the, and the donkey stops right at the edge of the cliff. And he's like, oh, my God, hallelujah. <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> Oh, man, thank you, Mary. You and your husband always add that last piece. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I thought that was so cute. Oh, man. You know, I kind of uh, spend a lot of time looking for the perfect joke. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, I have been working this, um, this week on what I was going to speak on. And last week I mentioned that it may be the same theme. So last week I spoke on, is you're all on the altar, on the altar of sacrifice. And I mentioned that we may go deeper into that. And I, I, I'm knowing that that's what God's going to do. So that's what we're going to, where'd I put my little blink? Oh, here it is. So that's what we're going to do. Today's talk is entitled, is you're all on the altar of sacrifice. And this is part two. And last week we used the story about when Abraham, um, his faith was tested because God asked him, told him actually, to sacrifice his son on the altar, um, on the Mount of Moriah. So last week I talked about how the altar represents our consciousness with God, the consciousness you go into when you actually put everything aside and give God all of your attention and go into prayer. And at the same time, what you're doing is the sacrifices, you're releasing those things that are blocking you from stepping into your highest good, stepping into that which is a higher expression of God in your life. 
And we tend to hold that back. We tend to have things hold us back. Like, for instance, worrying about our children will, will hold you back. Worrying about your finances will hold you back. Getting caught up in a relationship will hold you back. Worrying about what somebody else thinks about you instead of what you think about yourself in the eyes of God will hold you back from stepping into your purpose. Worrying about a job will hold you back. Worrying about, for me, an interview to, to get the job held me back because I was so nervous about how I'd, that I'd mess up in the interview that I wouldn't even put myself out there to have the interview. And my daughter's going through that right now, too. So it's those things those, that, that we put in, in the way of God. And with Abraham, his son that he was promised from God was what God was thinking was holding him back, holding Abraham back. So he asked, he told Abraham, I want you to sacrifice this child. And so what, so what we went into the consciousness of how does it feel to think about that, sacrificing your only child. And actually, he wasn't Abraham's only child because he had another child, Ishmael. That was the child that he um, and uh, Sarah planned to do with, the, with her, um, her slave, Hagar. And I was talking about how sometimes when we're given a, a, a plan, and we can't see how it's going to manifest itself, we try to implement and we try to improvise ourselves and create these uh, plans of our own. But the truth is, you cannot outdo God in God's plan for you. That's just the truth. So you take your plans and you put them on the altar. You take your attachments to those things that you're holding in your life and you put them on the altar. I have realized that that has been big for me with my children. Um, I've mentioned to you guys that my daughter um, had a lot of issues. She was diagnosed with ADHD, oppositional defiance, and obsessive compulsive disorder. And when she was in uh, school, it was really difficult for her. We briefly had her in special ed just to get her situated. And then we put her in the regular school, but we put her behind a year. So she's still kind of immature. But I had to let go of worrying about her because I, wor I, I realized that was stressing me out. How many of us are still worrying about our kids? Still worrying about our kids to the point it stresses you out. <clears throat> and so when my, when my kids, you know, went to college, I was worrying about them and stressing about them. And when my daughter was going through her issues in college, she had a lot of um, tragic things happen to her in college. I'm sitting and worrying about what's going to happen next. My son had some issues up in college. We're sitting around worrying about what's going to happen next. And it's, it's, it feels worse because they're not in the house with you, right? They're on their own. And then when they become an adult and start making these decisions, it's like, what are you doing? But when that happens, they become an idol because that worrying and that concern to the point that it keeps you thinking about them all the time becomes a block and a distraction from your expression with God. It keeps you from moving into your expression with God. When you allow anything to keep you from moving forward. And sometimes we hold on to things that we know we need to let go of. We know we need to let go of it. And we don't. When you do that, you're, that's a distraction and that's keeping you from being a full expression of God. So we talked about how the altar of sacrifice is putting that all in God's hands. And with, with Abraham, I think I already said that part when he was told to sacrifice his child. So I wanna, I wanna look at this for a minute because there was something that was going on in that story when, when God said, take your only son 
says, take your son, your only son, Isaac. And this was the son who Abraham was going to, uh, it was going to be getting, be, be the beginning of uh, being a father of many nations. And really what it represents is the father of all of those who are walking in faith. Because Abraham represents faith. So, so that's what that represents. And I said, Isaac represents, his name meant laughter and pleasure. And what it represents is releasing all of the attachments that we have to the physical world that brings us pleasure. It doesn't mean that you can't have joy and pleasure in this world through them. It means to release putting that in the way and making it an addiction or making it some type of um, obsession or a block from you truly experiencing God. So what, why would he say your only son? So I'm, I'm researching this and I'm looking into this. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. And then he tells him to go to the Mount, go up to Moriah, the land of Moriah. Now, Moriah represents the bitterness of God spiritually. And what that, no, the, yeah, the bitterness of the Lord. And what that means is, God's working with me to put this together. This is, this is deep. It's not easy to let our children go. It's not easy to let go of something you're worrying about and stressing about. It's not easy to overcome a fear. It wasn't easy for me to overcome a fear, and I'm still overcoming some fears. That process that it takes to release it and turn it over to God, that represents Mariah. It's moving up to a higher, a higher consciousness. It's moving through the process of releasing and letting go and moving to a higher consciousness so that you can step past your comfort zone and be a higher expression of God. That whole process represents Mariah. It's a land that was up high on a mountain. And when you move up high on a mountain, a mountain means higher consciousness. It means a higher way of walking in God and trusting God and faith, walking in faith with God. That's what that means. So when we walk into a pro whatever it is that you're processing today, because I promise you all of us have some type of trials, tribulations, something we're releasing, something that we're moving stronger into. We all have that right now, no matter where we are in life. Even in the space of retirement, what am I going to do next? What's next in my life? Even that can be a process of moving up in Mariah moving up into the land of Moriah. Because in that process, you got to stop and let go of everything that you've done in your history. And you got to look in your relationship with God right now and say, what is mine that is next to do? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that process also represents letting go of your logical way of thinking, your intellect, your human intellectual way of thinking, and moving into spiritual wisdom. And wisdom is what we uh, in, in uh, unity talk about or represents the month of March. And the disciple that represents wisdom is James, son of Zebedee. And James and John, son of, De of Zebedee, were brothers. John represents love. James represents wisdom. You need to walk in that and with faith, which is, represents Peter and Abraham. You have to walk in all three of those in order to really follow and be obedient with God. Does that make sense? So wherever you are right now, whatever it is you need to release, go in that space of the altar. The altar is that consciousness when you go into prayer and you release everything and you shut the door. Jesus called it to go into your closet and close the door and sit with God and ask what is mine to do. And then when you get what is yours to do, let go of the how, the when, the what, and the what. Let it all go because it will be presented to you. How do we know this? Because later on, <clears throat> as they get up to, as Abraham and his son and his, uh, the, uh, one of his um, slaves walk up to the place where they're supposed to go. We read here 
that Abraham gets the wood and puts it on his son's shoulders. And while they're about to walk away, his son asks him, um, we have the fire, we have the wood, but where is, where, uh, is the sheep for the burnt offering going to come from? Now, this is Isaac asking him this. And his father says, God will provide. So you don't have to worry about how to emulate or how, I mean, how to do what it is that God's going to have you do because God will always provide. Now, this is deep. We're going to connect this really deeply um, to Easter especially. But this is really deep because he says, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. And then they keep on going. So what does this mean? This means that as you walk in what you're meant to do, know that God will provide the way. It's already there. It's already there, and the resources will show up when you need them. They didn't have the sheep in the, mo- the lamb, the sheep in the moment, right? They didn't have it, so how are we going to do a sacrifice, and we don't have it? Faith, which is Abraham, told Isaac, which is the pleasures or the parts of your human side, don't worry about it. It is already there. God will provide it. Let's follow and be obedient and walk in faith, because as we get where we're going to be, God will give it to us. I believe God is a need-to-know God. If you don't need to know, you're not going to know. When you need to know, you're going to know. Amen. Amen. That's why tw- hindsight is twenty twenty because you walked in and like, ooh, I knew. Yep. <laughs> I tickle myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> then they, re- they arrive to the place. They get to that place. Faith, Abraham, builds an altar. You got to move into a space of spiritual consciousness and spiritual awareness with God before you can move forward into anything that is that is God has given you to do. You cannot do it in your human realm. You cannot shift out of human into spiritual. You cannot shift into a higher plane if you're walking in the spiritual. There's a saying that um, what is insanity doing the same thing and expecting what? A, a different result. Oh, I'm sorry. A different result. Doing the same thing and expecting a different result. As we move forward, we are spiritual beings. That is the, actually the largest, most powerful part of you is the part that you cannot see, and that is the existence of God which is inside of you. Jesus said it often. The Father and I are one. The Father represents the Christ in you, the God in you, and you are one with God as well. Amen? Amen. So now when you build the altar, you put yourself in a space where you are reverence and holy and, ex- and honoring the presence of God before you even go before God to pray. Let go of everything and sit and pray. And then you lay it all on the altar to be sacrificed. All that you know to lay on the altar, you lay on it. He thinks because he's told he's going to sacrifice his son, he puts his son on the altar. Whatever you are to release, you put it on the altar. And then what happens? God tells him to stop right before he's going to. So in the midst of doing what you're told to do, right when you get to the point where you're going to have your breakthrough, God's going to get your attention. Right when you get to the point where you're going to have that breakthrough, God's going to get your attention. You don't know when that's going to be. But you just follow through in faith. And the moment it is the time for you to know, God will put you in the know. He stopped him. And then when Abraham looks up, when you look up, what means to look up is when you consult God. In the moment you're stopped and you feel the pause, you go into that altar, you consult God, you look up. 
You come to a higher expression, a higher awareness. You seek a higher understanding. You seek awareness and understanding in God. And in that moment he did, he saw the ram. The ram is always that part of you that will see it and get that aha and then know what to do. That's what the ram represents. I don't know what I just, oh, (laughs) that was God talking. That was God. Come on, God, bring it back to me. The ram is always that aha that will show up and tell you what to do. When you see it, it'll tell you what to do. It's the wisdom you get. It's the way that you know how to do the things you know how to do. You know, and our fifth unity principle says, it is not enough to know. It's not enough to know that, you're one, that God is all powerful in your life. It's not an omnipresent, om, omnipotent, omniscient, and om, um, uh, I, yeah, omnipresent, all-knowing, and all-powerful. It's not enough to know that. It's not enough to know that you're one with God that's all good. It's not enough to know that as I walk in God through prayer meditation and denying those things that appear and looking inside of those things that appear to see the presence of God and then aligning myself with God in the moments that I'm afraid, it's not enough to know that that's what you're supposed to do. You got to do it. The ram shows up to tell you what to do. The ram was given to Abraham to sacrifice that. But he said, the sheep, when his son asked him, what are we going to sacrifice? Where's the sheep? He said, God will provide the sheep. But this is a ram. How does that connect? And what does that represent? What does that mean? As I looked into this deeply, I realized there's a lot of parts of our life that are prophetic and it will, that will foretell something that's going to happen later on. And here, when we hear Abraham, which is faith, saying that God will provide the lamb or the sheep. Some translations say the lamb. He was talking about the lamb of God. And he said the only begotten son. When he told him, go sacrifice your only begotten son, he's telling Abraham, what I'm going to do with these people that you're going to create in a multitude These multitude of people, I'm going to provide a lamb for them to follow and walk in so that they can walk in faith in an alignment in their relationship with God, with you. Who was that lamb? Jesus. Jesus. So he couldn't sacrifice the lamb here because it wasn't time. Our consciousness at that point wasn't ready for the lamb of God to come and to walk in a presence where we would understand and know and move into a higher consciousness to follow what Jesus did. So the lamb was the sacrifice for the sheep in that moment. But now that we have moved into the New Testament, we've moved into a higher consciousness, all of us know that through our power of our relationship with God, that we have to release whatever's blocking us. And I tell you what is the biggest thing that blocks us, the biggest thing that blocks us is is expectation and self-judgment. We expect it to show up a certain way. And then we judge ourselves. We judge what's going on, but we judge what's going on compared to how it is reflecting inside of ourselves. I can't do that. How am I going to do that? I had an experience of that this week, Thursday, last week, rather, Thursday. I read, I went to my girlfriend's uh, mother's funeral, and I read the obituary. And it was a long obituary. And I'm like, I'm going to mess that up. I'm judging myself already before I got started. So I asked her to send it to me so I could practice it and read it ahead of time so I wouldn't mess up in front of these other ministers in this other church, right? Right there, and then I'm already judging myself. You're setting yourself up. 
for judgment. And then I got up there and I was nervous and I was shaking while I was reading. My voice was cracking a little bit. I'm nervous because I'm nervous that I'm going to mess up because I'm a minister and I should be perfect. Self-judgment. How many of you feel like sometimes you should be perfect at something you do? Self-judgment. And a beautiful part of it that God told me already was that in your process of learning lies my perfection. It will come out because you're going to release and take your hands off on how it's supposed to show up and let God work through you and you'll show up in the perfection of God in that moment. It was enough for me to be there for my girlfriend and to sit up there and read it for her. I could have been honored with that. Instead of being honored with her asking me to do that, I'm sitting there judging myself, thinking I'm going to mess up and wanting to be perfect. We walk in our life doing this all the time. Everything, we walk in our life doing this all the time. And then people show us that they're not happy with us. And then we have showed an imperfection when they get upset at us or ridicule us or criticize us. And when we get the nerve to get upset at them, when we have sought it out from them, what is, am I being perfect? The moment it comes up to you, you're looking at them to say, was I perfect? And then they'll give you through their own eyes, not God's eyes. Not God's eyes. Jesus came to show us to take your own judgment off of it and release expecting to show up perfect because you already are. You already are. There was nothing special or spectacular that Jesus did except walk fully in the expression of God that he knew himself to be and honor and respect and put up on the altar his relationship with God. That's what he did. And then he told us, you can do the same thing. As a matter of fact, greater things than these ye shall do. Do you believe that? How am I going to do greater things than Jesus? Seriously? Like when you think about that, seriously, how am I going to do greater things than Jesus? He told me this. I believe his word. You believe his word, right? You believe he was an example on how to do it, right? But do you truly believe that you can do greater than Jesus? When we put self-judgment on it and try to perceive how, how? I didn't do anything better than him. The moment you put it on there, you restrict yourself from God. It becomes Isaac. It becomes an idol. And it's the way you're thinking about it. I say to us right now, and I challenge us right now to release any way that we are judging or putting any expectation on anything and just be in the present moment and let the present moment flow. That is not easy because every situation we come up on, we search our history to see what it compares to so that we can see how to show up in this world. That's just what we do. And if it showed up wrong and it didn't work out last time, we know in our mind that it's not going to work out this time. That is when the lamb comes up. That is when you're in the moment, you're at the altar, and you say, God, show me, show me a better way. And then you go to proceed with what God tells you to do, and then God provides the lamb. Now, when that happened, Abraham named that place Yahweh Yara. And that's how they said in Judaism, what it means is Jehovah Jireh, and it means that the Lord will provide. Wherever it is that you have known, and that's the beautiful thing, that's the beautiful thing, that's the beautiful thing, because 
Abraham had moment after moment after moment after moment after moment where God did provide for him. But it wasn't until he was told to sacrifice his son. When you have, you're going to have a major defining moment in your life. You're going to have a major defining moment in your life. That was his major defining moment where you are told to do something, to release something, to step outside of your comfort zone. That which you know is your history in life. You're going to be, all of us are going to have this experience. Even Jesus had that experience. Jesus had never been crucified before. You're going to have a moment. Something inside of you is going to need to be crucified. And what it means is it's going to need to be crossed out. And the only way to do that is to put every way that you know to do it on that altar and proceed in what God tells you to do and know that the, the, the Son of God, or whatever way, will show up to show you how. The only begotten Son, Jesus has already showed up to show us how. Walk in complete faith with God. And then when you do, the ram will show up on how to do it. Does that make sense? Amen? Amen. Tell me something you need to release. Anybody. Anybody. What are we walking through? Fear. Fear. What else? Worry. Worry. What else? Pain. Pain. Have you been walking in fear for a while? A little bit. What about worry? What about pain? Anybody else had a, a, a thing like that? Worry, fear, pain, doubt? Needing to know. Needing to know. Who else? Resentment. These are all things that block us from being a full expression in of the light of God. I challenge us all, especially during this Lenten season, every week, every week, even if it's just one thing, Find something that is holding you back, and it is how you're looking at it. What is the expectation on it and your self-judgment about it? And put it on that altar and sacrifice it. And just, just all you have to do is just come before God in whatever place. You've got to make some time to spend with God. You can't recharge if you don't. You're spiritual beings that need to plug in, plug in, plug in, plug in. That's why we have our daily word. You have to plug in every day and walk in that presence of God. And when you plug in, give God all of your attention and release it. I release and I let go. Together, I release and I let go and I become obedient to your word together and I become obedient to your word even when I don't understand together even when I don't understand the biggest beautiful part about God is when you need to know that ram will show up and you'll shift from intellectual intelligent wisdom into spiritual wisdom and then you will know what to do now he what if he just sat and looked at that ram and like still sacrifice Isaac how many times do we do that though Shows up, and we go online, and we charge through anyway. Don't we? Yeah. Take the lamb. It'd be a whole lot easier. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Even if you haven't come up on the wheel yet, it is there waiting for you, and it will come when it's divinely right and ready. Amen? Amen. I release and I let go. I release and I let go. I let God guide my life. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen? Amen. All right, that's it. Hold it all together, everybody needs you strong. But life hits you out of nowhere and barely leaves you holding on. And when you're tired of fighting, chained by your control, there's freedom in surrender. Lay it down and let it go. So when you're on your knees, an answer seems so far away. You're not alone. Stop holding on and just be world's not falling apart, it's falling into place. I'm on the throne, stop holding on and just be here. Just be here. Just be here. If you rise around the storm, you wonder if love you will. But if your eyes are on the cross, then I know I always have and I always will. And not a tear is wasted, in time you'll understand. I'm getting beauty with the ashes, your life is in my hand. So when you're on your knees, an answer seems so far away. You're not alone, stop holding on and just be. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. 
If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page at www.unityfh.com donate.